five-week winning streak comes to an end, kind of like a whimper. Any follow-through, or is it just another buy the dip? What's the VIX telling us to do? We'll get Tim Quas quotes at 8.35. This is pre-market prep on a Monday, and it may seem slow, but we got a lot to talk about. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, investing world. We're starting out just in the red slightly, down three and a quarter, 43.85.75. Buck pulling back a little bit, 102.38. That's down 15 cents. Bonds perking up. Now trying to hold this 128 up, a little over a half a point, 128 and a half. Uh, crude gets a pop, but still not over 70. That's up 63 cents to 69.79. Gold in the green by 11.20. At 1940.90, silver up 55 cents at 22.99. Bitcoin futures are down $635, 30,485. Well, Dennis, I know you were well prepared for the Russell rebalance. Uh I tried to pull some things up. I tried to do it on at the close. I tried to see what would happen to Dell. I tried to see what would happen to Red Robin. And... Not Those much crickets. Happened. Yeah, very, very, very quiet, Russell. And they've been like this for a bit. Like, it's like, you know, years ago, we used to see big movements. We just saw, you know, there actually was some ads that moved up. Check out Big Lots. It was strong all day. It was going in BIG. And if you look, you know, it closed basically at the high tick. So, you know, you had to look for it. There was some small caps moving. Big Mega caps didn't get touched. You know, it was maybe a little bit of chop, a little bit of volatility, but really didn't get touched. But, you know, you did see pockets of movement in some of these small caps. SFIX was another one. It got, it ran up six, seven cents, a $3 stock though. So, I mean, some of these are two, little 2% moves. Big Lots was a good move throughout the day. There was a couple gap downers on the close. BBIG, which uh, was a meme darling at one time, closed right at the low tick. So if you're trading that one and trading it from the short side, you were rewarded because it was down all the way into the, it was obviously delete. It was down into the Russell rebalance and then closed at the low tick. Now what happens from here? Sometimes these stocks, if you trade these little small stocks and you know, I'm not a big fan of trading a lot of the small stuff, but if you do, sometimes this can mark a, a short time, uh, not an all time low. Cause a lot of these stocks are probably going to zero. But sometimes they can bounce after for a few days. Sometimes this was a low print. So we saw a few things. Um, Chad, if you saw some other ones there too, um, you can let me know. It was definitely a little bit of movement, but it was UP was another one wheels up. Uh, that was a good one there. Will's telling us about that one. That was down and there was some movement, but it was mostly Crickets. They added big lots and uh, stitch fix, huh? Then that just uh Yeah, I think the... into the micro capsule. I don't okay. have it. I, I hey, no, no, no. I know. Garbage I know. now, so I can't <laughs> remember. But they, I know they were ads. I have them on how, my ad list. How many orders did you send? 
Oh, I had a lot of orders and I got almost nothing. So yeah. I enveloped. So I'm like selling short and buying, you know, if the price is here, I'm like this. And I got almost nothing. I had a couple small little gappers, but really nothing. So it was very quiet. Do you think it's just because like the the bots and the and the programmer, I mean, they just got it down to a T that, you know, they, they forecast a lot of the activity and that's it? Or do you just think that it's just based on the stocks that were going in and out just wasn't that big of a deal? Um, yeah, no, I think it's so well known. I think, like I said, 20 years ago when they were doing this, it wasn't as easy to project. We just didn't have the information that we do today. So I just think that it's so well known. Like I've, you know, I've been saying the inefficiencies aren't like they used to be there, but there can be some movement. So you have to respect it. I mean, when you're playing these strategies, the worst case scenario, if you're playing like this, you don't get any fills, you don't make any money. You know, so I mean, best case scenario is stuff starts gapping and then starts closing for you and you do make some money. So, I mean, sometimes you just, it's just quiet. And I mean, when it's quiet and let's go take this to the market talk here, I'll just say, oh, yeah, the VIX is down at 12. I mean, it's, it's been very, very quiet. People are saying, oh, well, we're going to go back up to 2030. Well, if we get some geopolitical risk, sure, maybe that can possibly happen. But markets tend to actually, the VIX tends to leak in the absence of macro news. So, you know, everybody thinks 25, 30 is normal. It is not. 18, 19, eh, more like 14, 15. 15, a lot of the time. And when you get into the dog days of August, which is coming, and this is called the dog days of summer, July and August are typically some of the lowest volatility months of the year. Very quiet, historically speaking, some of my worst trading months, just meaning not that I'm, you know, losing money, but I'm not making as much because the VIX is lower. If you could chart my PL against the VIX, it's just perfectly positively correlated. When we're up at 30, I'm making a lot more money because there's more inefficiencies, there's more movement. When the VIX is down at 12, it's quiet. You're paying the bills, but it's quiet. You're not getting rich by any means when the VIX is at 12. Traders need movement. I'd love the VIX to go back to 25 to 30. I just think we're in store for the next couple months for some more quiet times. Virtue's awful quiet too, right? Look at that thing. That's been in a, a trading range. There's Good. market structure changes yeah. happening too. I still have a small position in Virtue and it was a bad buy by me. Um, but in the market structure changes here happening, Joel, that are on the table, a lot of them are not very good for Virtue Financial. Okay, so talk. some of these go through. There could be obviously maybe some of their inefficiencies they they extrapolate from, um, you know, from you know off exchange trading could you know not go away, but maybe you know it's not going to be as good as it once was. So I think you know Gensler is you know obviously looking you know at you know leveling some of the playing field there, and that's not good for news for Virtue Financial. It's not good news for Citadel. So it's not surprising that these stocks have underperformed with those proposed market structure changes, which a lot of them I think would be very good for the markets. All right, let's get to some stocks and bring Mitch in. And uh, Mitch, did you participate in any coups this weekend? No, I didn't. <laughs> um, but uh, I wouldn't mind maybe uh, taking a, a Lucid car on the weekend or something like that. Let's talk about Lucid shares trading higher after the company announcing a technology partner with Aston Martin to integrate and supply Lucid's electric vehicle powertrain and battery systems in a contract worth in excess of $450 million here for Lucid. Big pop, LCID yeah. here, up 10%. 
Problem is bag holder central everywhere in this stock. Problem is also valuation, which has been extreme since birth and still extreme even at $6 because this company doesn't make money. So bag holder central, every time you get a pop, just seems like another selling opportunity here. I'm not chasing Lucid. I'm not saying this is a zero, but I've saw where Ride has went. Um, is this, you know, again, this is the uh, Saudis, I believe, backing it. So that helps a little bit. But I don't think this is one. Like people look at this and say, well, eventually, you know, and, and I, I swear people, you know, retail traders, I mean, even non-retail traders institution, might look at this and say, well, it's six bucks. We know eventually it's, you know, all stocks come back. So it's going to get back to 40 or $50. I just don't think that's the case. I think that ship has sailed. I actually think the path of least resistance for Lucid is lower. I've been bearish on it since birth and very correct. That's uh, $450 million, though. I mean, that's, uh, you know, if the contract actually, you know, goes to fruit. I mean, that, that's a decent amount of change. I don't even think they've made $450 million in their entire existence. Uh, the uh, the pre market money in their entire existence. <laughs> uh, the pre-market chart sticks out to me, and I'm just going to, like, there's someone firm there at 619 after the stock made a new old, uh, yep, new all-time low on Friday, closed on the lows. It's up 10 percent someone's saying man 619 looks good to me it doesn't go with any daily highs but the firm seller there at 619 so if it gets through there you know look for your next daily highs but uh so far that's the, that's the best i can give you on the downside here top of yesterday's range 575 believe it or not so uh maybe if you get a, a big sell-off and you feel like you have to own it maybe get out there at 575 580 Let's go to Pfizer now as they're getting hit here and announcing a decision to terminate its clinical development of its obesity drug. And Ooh. I'm not going to be the, the person to try to pronounce, it, uh, pronounce that name. If you want to try it, Joel, I put it up in our chat there if you want to try it. But Let me see. Let me see. Oh, no way in hell could I ever try to pronounce that. You can't that pronounce one. any of these things. Like all <laughs> they come up, they just throw letters here, and consonants I'll, I'll and put it randomness up as a banner. together. Chat, yeah. who, who's the smart one that can tell us how to pronounce it? Uh, nobody word. knows. Look at that you know, you, you know who can, Brent. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Brent can. Where, I'm where's sure. it at? Did you put it in? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I have it in, in our chat, and I also put it as a banner right now in the, in the stream. Okay, it, it's a hard but... one, but this is also negative news for Pfizer. Will it be positive news for other stocks, like maybe Lilly? Yeah, you're talking I, about you're see, talking you about Lodi Lodi Gleepon. <laughs> Go ahead, Dennis. You do Try, see you Lily popping off of this. So I the Pfizer one was very early. The Pfizer one was like when it remember when it popped back in May because it's like it was kind of really not on the radar, and they're like, Oh, I'm Pfizer, maybe gonna get an obesity drug too. And the stock yeah. started popping off. I guess that was a selling point because if it doesn't work out, it doesn't look good. I'm still long Pfizer in the long-term account um it's been a bad buy it's sitting near the lows it's been a dog and the reason it's been a dog is the COVID shots and you know i did underestimated how much you know revenue they were getting really from those COVID shots as well i know pfizer's got all kinds of other revenue as well but the COVID was huge and i underestimated that and that's why i got punished for it and i'm down the stock. big move man down 85 cents i mean that's a huge move for pfizer in the pre-market so just just based on there was that, a lot of hope on that drug and yeah. maybe they're going to come out with another one but if they're discontinuing sure. it there was a buck or two priced in there so they're taking that back out 
Yeah, there was uh, there's a pair of lows at uh, 3760 area. That's current where you're trading. So um, I'd look at that a little bit more as uh, maybe a buy the dip coming back on the upside for good old Pfizer. You got to fill the gap at 3828. But it usually moves 80 cents in a day or a buck in a day. So if you're looking for more on the downside, make sure you get that really early in the session. Doesn't pop off the open. All right, we'll see what happens there, and uh, I'll see. You know, if, if maybe the pie just got bigger for some of the other companies. Yeah, Lily's up like five. There's going to be more competition coming into this space, though. This weight loss, you know, isn't just going to be like Lily. It's not just going to be. It's this is a thing. Like this is where you know companies are going to start to focus. So even if Pfizer's drug, you know, maybe it's not going to work out. There's going to be somebody else coming out with another one competition will come into this industry i predict 20 years from now everybody's taking weight loss drugs and everybody's trying to get fit i don't know if it's the healthy way to do it but i mean what's healthier you know being 300 pounds or taking a pill and having a few side effects with it you have to weigh those pros and cons but i think you know 20 years from now there's going to be a lot more obesity is going to be less of a problem let's say that uh, do you know, looking at the upper right chart here on Weight Watchers, do you guys remember what this little run was all about? <laughs> this gap and go? Oprah. Mitch, I think you know. No, no, that is Oprah was. That was Oh, years. I didn't look at the chart. I'm talking from back in 2016 uh, and 2017. Oh, oh, it's 16. Know, was that like oh. some Elliot <laughs> yeah. coming in was here? Was this the Oprah or was that Oprah 18? I, don't I can't remember. No, but recently, and I did the only reason I want to bring this up is because, you know, we talk about analyst ratings and the short and long-term effects. Ah. So I just gave you guys a little, a little hint. I gave you well, a hint, a ratings change. Was it about an upgrade from someone? Yeah, yeah. it was, uh, I, I got it here. Of course I cheated and used my Benzinga pro, but, uh, it was an analyst rating off Goldman Sachs. Gold. Mm. Oh, well, that's a good segue. Look at that Joel. one right there. Yeah. Goldman Sachs was trading. It was trading higher, and they raised their price target to thirteen from three eighty. Yeah, that yeah. that 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 might have got it started. <laughs> that one you didn't want to fade. That one, if you fade, <laughs> oh, Goldman's just out there selling. Well. You needed to wait one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven day. Oh, then it kind of dipsy doodled. I don't know why it went up to ten that one day. Uh, so I can't account for that, but I can account for this move right here. Yeah. That was one hell of a move. I just like when analysts do moves, you know, because we we sometimes we're like, oh, it's a fade, it's a fade, it's a fade. Well, that one wasn't a fade immediately. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to one that uh, I think a lot of people will be watching today. Let's go to our top ratings of yep. the day. The first one starting with a Goldman Sachs one, right? Analyst yep. Mark uh, Delaney downgrading the stock Tesla from buy to neutral in a note released on Sunday on investing.com. The firm, however, upped its price target for the stock from 185 to 248, citing higher estimates and increased valuation multiple. It's funny, you know, here they downgrade the stock, but they're raising their price targets. So what does that really up. mean? I mean, <laughs> I know they're catching up. They're like, well, we're going neutral, but we were way light on our price target. Give them some props. I mean, they had a buy on it. So, I mean, they just never thought it would go this far this fast. It's funny, though, that they raise the price target up after going neutral. I mean, you know, so you downgrade, but you raise your price target. It's not really that bearish. It's just, you know, I think it's gone a little bit too far too fast. So valuation call here. 250, it was this morning. It's bounced off those lows here. 
253. I, I don't know. Like, you could go either way on Tesla. You could say there's a head and shoulders forming from the last eight, nine days, Joel. I can kind of see it. A little bit, um, yeah. A little bit. You could say that. You can even say there's a longer head and shoulders forming if you look at that bottom right chart. So, yeah. you know, if you're a technician, you could say maybe it's time to ring the register on some of this. The thing is, I'm more of a story trader kind of trying to predict, you know, where things are going. Is the Tesla story over? Far from it. Tesla story is early in it. I don't know if that's the case either. Um, there's competition. There's other things. Valuation is always an issue. But story is far from over here. Uh, you did uh, You did get a nice job. I think just overall, because we did have some uh, analyst moves, I think, last week in this. And it reversed. I believe he got a downgrade from Citigroup last week. And then someone came out the next day and they tried to mimic it. And they got that jammed in there right in their kisser. Uh, I believe that was on Thursday. I'm just looking. I mean, last week's low was 48 and a quarter. You didn't quite get there in the pre-market. So I would say as long as we hold last week's low, you know, we're still kind of uh, good to go on the upside. I'll be back. Uh, guys. I okay. got so much going on today. Trees coming down. Trust is going up. Cranes here. I'll be back. Fast market and not in the markets. Uh, so it's about a third, right? A 30 point move on that decline. So 15. I don't know. I'll take the close, the close from Thursday, 64.61, and the high on Friday, 62.45. Just ballpark that level if you're really looking for a, you know, a big rebound or a pop today to sell into. That'd be nice. But with the S&Ps down, this kind of feels like this is going to go with the, the market, you know, yeah. at least for, and it doesn't feel like right now, five-week losing streak or five-week winning streak was broken last week, but it it was like a grind down. It wasn't like, oh, wow. You know, it was just kind of after the expiration. So mix, mix thoughts there on uh, Tesla down yeah. 290. I, I kind of have to agree. And I, I would just be watching the cues, right? I mean, look how similar these charts look with Tesla and the cues, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, I got something really ready for us really quickly here. I'm going to share my chart so we can just see it really sure. quickly. See it. You can see it right there. Look, look at the cues compared to Tesla's chart. I mean, very similar charts, right? Pop off top now coming back towards support and just sitting on support. So it doesn't necessarily mean that this is broken in my eyes, right? I know that a lot of people are thinking that we can maybe come back, but there's some serious support right underneath here that keeps kind of holding in, right? Now, the last three days, lows on Friday, 360.82. You got 360.22s. We got 360.96. So it seems like that 360 area seems to be holding pretty well there for the Qs. I would say similar for Tesla. Now going towards like 248, 250 levels. We've been holding there for a while. Until Tesla breaks 250, I don't really see this as a bearish chart. Yeah, I see this as a pullback that could come right back up. And that that was uh, uh that's right there with last week's low, and mm -hmm. uh, so you talked about that. And then uh, I just pulled up the, the triple Qs, and you got three lows. Uh, right, let's just call it 6050. Uh, yeah. 360 50 spot net. So it's it's one of those. I mean, you can't. Yeah, you could say, okay, that's it. We had a big rally in the expiration. We pulled back 100 points in the S&Ps. This is our pullback. And we kind of have a week with what? Fed speak. Well, Powell speaks a couple times this week. Bob yeah, did. I mean, it was as bearish as it could have been last week, right? We had a lot of Fed speaking. We had a lot of hot comments. They, they, I think they tried to break the market. Did they really break it? I don't think so. 
And I think that's one thing that we need to keep in mind because the market's not just going to go in one way, right? Did we finally get Carnival's cruise lines earnings? I don't know. I don't know. I was just looking at my earnings. I was looking thing. at it. No, it's still it, not hit. And they hit. they always sneak it in. They is it like they right do like that nine a.m. release. They they like to get their stock moving right before <laughs> the market open. Can you blame them? I can't. Sixteen forty. Sixteen forty is the high of the move. Uh, the closing high is sixteen twelve. It kind of looks like it wants to go down. And Mitch, I think I heard you talking about yeah, last week. But it won't go down. You know, yeah. it's one of those like, oh man, oh man. But I would if I was on this thing. I'd keep a real, I'd be hawking 15.50 and the reason 15.50, not one, not two, not three, but you got four lows in that area. Really, really five lows. Holy mackerel. So watch that area if and when the report comes out. Well, it will. Yeah, and, and, then, and then also with that report, you're also going to get like a major probably effect on like NCLH and RCL because RCL is near that like the peak almost oh. 99. So I think that, you know, let's say if it's a disastrous report. I mean, they'll probably come after this. At least I would see it being like a target because – this has been running and running and running and running and running. Eventually, a bad report could pull this back a little bit. And it's not like I wouldn't want these on a pullback. Yeah, I, I, I sold Norwegian on the rip. I'm looking for pullbacks to get in. All right, let's get out of this. Let's go to the next rating. I think it's very interesting. Let's go to Google. Mm, UBS stepping in here and downgrading Alphabet to neutral and raising price target to 132. Mm, the downgrade and raise the price target. Seems like we're finding a little bit of a common theme here. That's hard. Um, yeah. They're just playing catch up, right? And uh, Google's been kind of turning around here. Um, I was wondering if it was going to hold around kind of like 122.70 marks or 122 as support. Um, but now we're starting to kind of crack that. What do you see on the chart, Joel? 120 looks like the uh, the big level. That was the mm -hmm. low on Thursday, 119.60. Uh, back at this area, 119.46, so just under 120. That's still two bucks away. I mean, you don't see a ton of anal analyst ratings on the Googster, and this is getting hit. But, you know, here's the stock. I think some people, you know, if you could get a nice, you know, a turn in the market and everything, uh, yeah. you may get some people. But that, that 120, uh, good support. Coming back on the upside, you had an inside day yesterday. Uh, so you don't have to go far to fill the gap at 121.86. So what, and we're a nickel away from that now. Uh, but if you get a good day in the market, which, you know, if we can go green, stay green, get back above 4,400, I think the street streaks this off and uh, you might get a poke at uh, 123.02. That was a close on Friday in the Gooster. I look at the Goog without the L, but uh, you guys can uh, do the translation on your own. I'm sure the level's correspond nicely what's going on dennis you back man oh gosh problems here so they're just getting the ready tool man just, dennis dick crew, here everybody's here putting up trusses and the cranes here and then the crane truck just blew a whole pile of in, of rad coolant looks like out of the front of it so the now the oh, crane is oh. they're trying to get a mechanic here now to fix that so i'm like holy and they're all set up this fork there's a whole crew here trusses are ready to go up they literally just ready to lift up the first truck and it just like exploded out of the front of the truck. Always you met, something, eh? You met radiator coolant, right? Yeah. 
right out okay. the front of the truck. Because you said rat coolant. Rad, 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 rad. Do you wear a hat when you go out there? A hard hat? Yeah, I should be. Home improvement, <laughs> man. Home improvement that would be at a, Dennis uh, Dick's house, man. Oh, God. Always yeah, fun. Construction is always fun. This truck here, I don't Dennis. know if that's going to even go today. You need more power, man. More power. <laughs> I don't Home know. improvement days, man. This is the last time we need the crane, too. And I got trees. Coming. So I have the crane all day. So I have the crane. I have the trusses going up this morning. And I have the tree guy coming at lunch to take down two trees this afternoon. And the crane gets here and sets up. And then the radical just flies out of it. And it might be done. So I'm like, now you got to reset all that up. So I don't even know how that works. So tree guy coming. Rolling it's going to be on flow, me, right? Because, you know, our, our crew's here. So, you know, you have a crane for us, you pay. So I don't know how that's all going to work. But anyway, it's not fun. So I'm what hoping about, they can fix it. What about a Google downgrade, Dennis? Uh, what do you think about that? Um, Who did it? UBS. Uh, to neutral? Uh, they're downgrading yet to neutral and so raising the, the price Tesla. target. You know, people just ringing the register. They're worried the market's topped out, so yeah. they're all coming out ringing the register here. They worried, you know, that it was S and P rebalance day last Friday, options expiration, the quad, and they're worried that you know we, they've gotten to the point here. They're worried that it's you know the market's topped out. So we're gonna downgrade Tesla. We're gonna downgrade, and we saw Tesla last week. Same yeah. call from Adam Jonas. People are ringing the register here. They're worried it's topped out. I personally think we're just pausing. I don't think we're done here yeah, yet. Yeah, you can't. But you, you can't argue it both ways. You know, I don't know. I would be all in if I thought this market was definitely going higher. I would be all cash if I thought it was definitely going lower. I think it's a coin flip from here. It, it right, might have it, topped out. Yep, Valuation's not great, but valuation hasn't been great the whole damn way up for most of these stocks, and they keep going higher. So it's it's is it a pause or is it a turn? We don't know that yet. We'll know in a couple months. Real, real quick on my home construction update, um, I did go to Home Depot and I did buy a blind because we had a tree during a big storm. Our tree crashed through our garage door window. I mean, like crashed through it, took out the window, took out the, uh, uh, the messed up the blind. So I went to Home Depot. I bought the blind and then I had a guy come over and hang the blind in the garage. So that was my uh, home construction work for the weekend. Fun. <laughs> I'll bring us to home another upgrade is here. Awesome. Yeah, home improvement, man. Home improvement. Yeah. Let's go to UBS <laughs> upgrading here. Moderna to buy, but oh. lowering their price target to one ninety one. <laughs> so the flip here, they're just like, we'll 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 upgrade. I don't we'll lower know. the price target I... here. What are these guys doing out there, guys? Tell me. I don't know. Um, <laughs> again, I'm going to say Moderna better than BNTX. That's all I'm going to say. But all these companies are going to continue to struggle because of less jobs. We say that about once a month on the show. I said it last week on Moderna. Stock's making new lows. They upgrade it now. Maybe it gets some love to 130. It's room to 130. But I don't <sighs> think this is... Oh, unless, you know, they come out with a weight loss drug and they come out with, you know, an Alzheimer's drug and they need to get themselves away from just the COVID jab. Moderna has the best chance to do that. That's why I'd be long Moderna over BNTX. But I don't know if I want to be long any of these. Getting a pop and uh, you're above uh, the previous day's high. So if you want to buy a pullback, 12, 120 uh, was a high on Friday. Low of the move, uh, closing low of the move. Kind of sitting on monthly support, but 
Uh, Two-day high, 121.32. If that was your target, you better get out there, start whacking bids. Uh, your three-day high, 124.16. But another backhanded, I mean, I, wow. I can't believe we've had three or four of these, you know, upgrade, but price target lower or the opposite. I mean, usually you get them every once in a while, but uh, we're really being uh, hit with them today. All right, and uh, let's go to a stock that, man, I, I still kick myself because I got stopped out like in like two four two thirty five. I feel on this one. This was Burlington on the topping out. Gordon Haskett upgrading Burlington stores to buy and lowering price target to one seventy five. I'm still kicking myself on that run, man. Oh, that should have been such a nice gainer. Retail stocks have just been in the opposite of tech market, just the worst <laughs> stocks to invest in. You know, I took it on Kohl's for a long time there before I finally am out of it. Kohl's, Macy's, Nordstrom's, even the TJX's. And, oh, actually, TJX held up very well, but Burlington has not. I always had Burlington with TJX, so it's surprising how weak Burlington has been because usually that trades better with, T, with TJX more than anything. Um I don't know if I'd necessarily say, you know, I'd be a seller of this because the downtrend's there. Maybe this lifts it for a little bit. Maybe there's room to 180. Maybe there's actually some hope here for BURL. <laughs> this is like the auto zone of uh, of uh, cheap retail. TJX definitely is the auto zone. <laughs> Burlington was, but for whatever reason, they're now hitting that one too. So I always pair trade Burlington with TJX. So. Um, it's surprising how weak it's been relative to TJ. Easy number on the upside. What's kind of jumping up to jumping out at you on the upper right chart? I mean, what what have it, you know, since uh, the end of May, you've been stopped dead into your tracks at 160. And in fact, uh, that was your high on Friday. Well, a little bit higher, 160.24, 160.32. I'd say above that, I get a little bit interested on the upside. But right now, resistance is resistance until it's taken out. All right, let's go to Pack West. There is some news coming out yeah, this there morning. Is. Let's that. talk a little bit about that. The regional banks jumping after announcement of Eris Management acquiring a three point five billion specialty finance portfolio from Pack West. So it looks like they acquired this from Pack West. Is that really a sign of strength? No, it's a sign of we gotta sell our good stuff to try to survive. <laughs> Mm -hmm. That's There's what I problems think. here again. We'll just take it back to this. The KRE is not out of the woods. The regional banks are not out of the woods. They're not talking about it in the major media anymore, but we can talk about it on the show here because we can see the leaking starting again. And they'll be talking about it probably in a few weeks if these continue to go down and be like, whoa, thank you. <laughs> all you, all you need is one bank to fall. Uh, and then but, there oh, you yeah. go. They'll, they'll say right this came out it. of the blue. Nobody's seen this coming. Well, you'll be able to rewind the tape, the pre-market prep probably two weeks in advance because yeah. I'm telling you the regional banks we're going to, I, I predict right now on this show, we are going to see more regional banking failures and that is not good news for any of this. IWM. It's not good news for I'm long IWM. I obviously hope, you know, I'm diversified enough, you know, in the IWM that a long-term it's going to be okay. Having the long-term portfolio, but short term here, there's problems in the regional banks here. Again, I don't like the pack West chart. I think I'd be selling these stocks on Pops, HBAN. I mean, you can just go through them all. There's just a pile of stocks, and they're just showing weakness. And even the majors aren't looking great, Joel. The Bank of America, not saying they're, we're going to get major bank failure here, but I'm saying, you know, if we get regional bank failures, it knocks down the majors here too. 
So it's problems in the banking still. And that is why Bitcoin continues to remain strong. I still think I'd be a buyer of pullbacks on Bitcoin as opposed to buying banks on pullbacks. So I have zero, zero, zero banks in my long-term portfolio. Actually, it's not true. I have a couple Canadian long-term banks. I have some BMO from when my wife worked there. But from the U.S. banks, I have zero U.S. banks in my long-term portfolio. My exposure to U.S. banks, not 0.1%, not 1%, not 5% where a lot of money managers be, zero. The only exposure I would get is through indirectly through ETFs. What about a catalyst this week for the banks? Hmm. There is What one. is it? What? I, I'm going to make you guess since it's a slower day. What? Powell. What? Well, Paul on Wednesday and Thursday, but uh, what else? And it, it hasn't really been, it used to be a big deal, but it kind of hasn't had a big deal, but it's specific to bank stocks. I don't know, Joel. What are we getting? Joel, we're, we're, got we're one asleep. Minute before 10, we're so asleep, give Joel. It. We're asleep. Wake us up, Joel. Pick us up, Joel. Stress test. I don't know what you guys do on the stress weekend. Stress test. I'm already There's stressed. regional no. bank stress tests? Well, the national bank stress No, tests. exactly. Those are majors. I don't see how that yeah. has to do with anything with the regional banks. Uh, I think, I well, if you see well, if you see weakness yeah, in we some of the majors, weakness. then they, 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 they don't show weakness on any of these things. These stress tests, <laughs> the bar is so low that they all get over no. it. I, mean, I say look joke. out Let's for... Let's The stress tests are a joke. Remember what we got last week, right? We got mentioned that there could be new capital requirements released. I think that's what you look out for. Because okay. if that I, gets I just released, think that they've got the bar that could still be low, the... so low for all these companies. They could, they, the bar was ridiculously low in 2000. So here, take you back to the financial crisis. You know, there was this, like, you know, the wild west of banking, really. There was no bars at all. So they put a little bar there with the stress test. That's still, you know, ridiculously, like if you really got, you know, an economic strain, housing crisis, something like that, all these banks got problems. So we can say, oh, there's stress tests, there's no problems, but it's still, you know, there's like 40 to one, you know, and then, no, they're 30 to one now. So they're all better. I mean, this is just the way the banking business is. That's why they're prone to bank runs. Let's, so, uh, let's cancel it. I think they should cancel it then on Friday. No, I, I, just... I, I think the stress <laughs> tests are all a joke. Yeah. All right, SP's just snuck green here of uh, 50 cents at 43.8950. So just uh, that sell off below last week's low uh, seems to be short lived for the time being. I think bigger picture this week, we have a psychological number 4,400, right? We're still, you know, we've dipped lower a few times. We've had, I believe, a couple closes below it a few times, but. Psychologically, I think we gained our uh, 4,400, and then that that five uh, that one week of losing after five winning weeks uh, is in jeopardy. Do we? Uh, is Tim lurking lurking around yet? No, no not Tim? yet. Not yet. We'll get Tim on in a little bit. He might have gotten caught on the lovely bike trails. Uh, we'll we'll get Hopefully him on in not. just a little bit, team. Um, now, one thing I did want to get to is, of course, a little bit of a conversation we've been talking about this for a while um i saw an image that really kind of put this into perspective right which is do we really need like a diversified portfolio in the s p 500 right because we've been talking about it how it seems like it's like the top stocks that make up the majority of the moves yeah. and i wanted to bring an image here it's talking about the top 20 in the s p 500 and this is brought to you by Bloomberg, of course. And what they talked about was that 29.17% of the weight of the S&P 500 
is in the top 20 stocks, right? Yet, if you look at the returns that this has contributed, it's contributed 7.8% of the index total 7.55 return this year. So that's impressive to me. That shows me, I mean, do we need any of the other 70% of stocks here? Or should we just go after the top 20 in our portfolio? I mean, again, this is what we've talked about on this show for the last six months, is that this rally has been led by tech and basically mega cap tech. And then there's everything else that really hasn't participated. I mean, the IWM, which is small caps, but obviously, you know, it's had issues with the regionals. But if you look at it on the year, the IWM, I believe, eh, we may be slightly, slightly up. Yeah. Slightly up, 1% maybe. So the whole, so it's a great chart because you got 480 components combined up 0.47% this year. So that doesn't mean that there's only 20 stocks that are up. There's a hundred, half of them are up, half of them are down, basically. If you say 0.47%, let's just call it scratch. Well, you got the other 480 that, you know, is 240 contributing and 240 not, you know, or balancing that out. So you got basically half the S&P that just hasn't participated whatsoever in the move. So which, you know, and then obviously, you know, you've got the, the seven, the top 20, the tech that has just been unbelievable. Qs have been in a rip-roaring bull market and everything else has just lagged. And does that continue? The AI stories and tech. It's not in all these other things. So I think so. All right. Well, I got someone that I definitely think I can ask that question to. He's in the back. He made it, guys. Smash the like. Tim Quas. It's Market Structure Monday. All right. Tim Quas, how are we doing? You heard our conversation there. And uh, I'd ask you the same question. Do we need only just the top components? (laughs) Well, it's an interesting question. It's an interesting question to ponder, isn't it, Mitch? Yeah. Do we? I, and and to me, this is what the discussion should be behind the scenes for public companies before they they IPO. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are the what are the probabilities that going public will produce any returns for shareholders? Well, I mean, you <laughs> you, you could sum it up there. That they uh, take them could, public. They take them public at too high of prices too. Everybody's just too greedy in the whole process. So if they brought them out at reasonable valuations when they take them public, there would probably be lots of money to be made in the secondary market. But when they want to bring them out at nosebleed valuations, the reasons we don't have any IPOs the last couple of days or the last couple of years is because the markets in the bear market, they're like, we can't bring it public now because we won't get that sky high valuation we're looking for. I mean, it's all just, you know, trying to screw the little guy to a certain extent here, which, you know, is disappointing. Bring them out at reasonable valuations. Don't be so greedy underwriters. Don't be so greedy investment bankers. And then maybe there'd actually be some money to be made in the secondary market here, Tim. Well, I think it tells you what the purpose is. You know, and I, I realize we're, we're veering away from your point, Mitch, but it, it, it tells you that the purpose of an IPO is to give an exit to the people who created the value it's not yeah. to raise capital so yeah. you know i think unless you can unless you can go unless your ipo lands in the russell 1000 the the probability that the the stock declines from its ipo price is nearly 100 percent. Oh it would statistically be very close statistic. to 99 yeah so. I, it's a horror that's just that's an unbelievable and and you know obviously yeah. we've had you know we have our other guests who specialize in ipos and stuff mm-hmm. and he's going to say similar stuff it's yep. just not great capital it's just not a lot of money to be made in the secondary market on a lot of these ipos they're not right. all amazon right right 
So there should be, Mitch, <laughs> back to your point. Look, yeah. I, you know, it's one of these discussions that will have to come out of this era. And, and in context, think about this. You know, we have this, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, I think it's kind of fishy. So I'm not sure I believe it. But let's say that there was an attempted coup in Russia <laughs> over the weekend. Let's just suppose let's that just, I'm not, let's I'm yeah, not let's sure just throw I believe it Hypothetical? Yeah, I don't, oh, I don't really believe that. But, but, let's, but look, and the mar- what's the market doing? It doesn't, even, it doesn't even really react to that. We have nuclear weapons in the equation. Nothing moves. So the, it, it raises the entire question of whether the, the, the stock market is a barometer for anything. Does it mean anything? I'm not sure it means <laughs> anything other than short-term prices. So you could have a market with, you know, seven, yeah. whatever they want to call these. The, you know, everybody's using the term now, the magnificent seven. There's your equity market. That's your equity allocation in your target date funds that have, you know, a balance of equities and fixed income. And then there should be another market for everything else because that's really what it's become. Yeah. All right, Tim. So yeah, that's not our... helpful. I realize, Joe. Yeah, no, but... that's okay. Uh, we had um... <laughs> makes me not want to invest in any IPOs. <laughs> yeah. No, I well that Sava from last week is kind of interesting. It uh, came out way overpriced. What, what but... was the symbol on that one? I already forget. Cava. 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 A great Spanish sparkling. I like. I do kind of. I like forty eight to to. Let's call it thirty. Let's see what it can do at forty three. I'd be keeping a close eye on that. One. I won't touch this thing, man. No, uh, I, I mean it's. I don't it's, even have it in my list yet. It hasn't been upgraded to Dennis's list, so it should get me. Listen, okay, Tim. So we had the expiration quote mm-hmm. blow off top right yep. a week ago friday yep. and we've sold off but it's like it's been a you know it's grinded its way down right so what traders investors institutions you, you got to look at this is like is this the dip is this the correction is this what market structure is going to offer to us to buy the dip is there Anything that you're looking at in your universe where like, yeah, it's come down enough, you're comfortable, you can lean on last week's low. What do you, what do you got for us, Tim? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what we do, at least what I do, you know, and what I would say the hashtag edge mob does, uh, which is you, you just follow the data. You know, if whatever the data do, I tell people I don't try to predict what the stock market is going to do because it's highly mathematical. Uh, and and so as, as a result of that, it's going to be very difficult to 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 apply some rationale to it that would tell you what it's going to do. I, I just prefer to look at the data. But so so remember, we had this conversation prior to it was it was two weeks ago. I said that the not that I'm right. It's just, I just look at the data. But I said, if there's going to be a turning point in the market, it will be at June options, expirations, and index rebalances. Why? Well, everybody's going to have to recalibrate, and it has been. But I think about this mathematically. I tell folks, you know, when see this red line here, see this red line. Whenever the the demand algorithm, it's an algorithm that. So this is what we use. We use an algorithm that is on a ten point scale to meter buying and selling by investors and traders. It's a, an effective mechanism only because. The market is highly mathematical. You know, if it were still governed by two sentences like the Buttonwood Agreement was, preference and a minimum price, (laughs) that's what formed the NYSE back in 1792. It's not that. There are thousands of pages of regulations that govern the equity market. As a result, 
it's very mathematical. So every time that the market demand cycle goes above this red line, mathematically, the market declines. So even I don't follow my own advice. I could say, well, why would I, why would I have money in the market if I know that there's nearly a 100% chance that after the market goes above this red line, that it declines? Well, I did. I got stopped out of all three of my positions on Friday. Not, I don't lose much at all. I mean, I'm very happy. I was up 8% for the month. Now I'm up 6.5%. I lost a percent and a half. Uh, but look at this. Look at this. Here's SPY. So that's the yeah. SP 100. This is demand. And look at the supply side. Supply is rising. Demand is falling. It may be very slow, Joel. It can take time because there's so much concentration in large cap blend. Apple could be a growth stock or a value stock. Those seven, those magnificent seven, they can be growth. They can be value. That's why the market has a very slow erosion. And it doesn't move a lot if you look at those stocks. It's because they are core to the market. However, yeah. look at this. Here's point number two, Mitch. Let's so, do it. So we track momentum. And low volatility. And low volatility. If we don't want a lot of price movement, you go to low volatility. If you want to capture volatility, you go to momentum. Mm -hmm. When we talked last week, there were 24 components in momentum. That's Look at three. it now. There are three. What are <laughs> they? Momentum has slowed, yeah. right? What it, are they? Exactly. It's not there. So don't try to chase momentum when it doesn't exist. The only three exactly. left are, I Unity. mean, it's crazy. Unity software. Literally, uh, I, I don't could... even know what this is. Uh, that surgery partners. Partner. Well, we definitely know those other two, and we've right. seen those charts, right? We've seen yep. how strong they've wanted to remain. The cruise lines, the cruise lines, Norwegian cruise lines. Yeah, they have been. And by the way, that's very easy to track, folks. If you want to track what the, you know, I have a, I have a, an, a, an airlines, and a, here I'll, I'll as soon as this loads. No worries, but. The, the the I track those. I mean, I just yeah. put them in a portfolio and follow that data to see what the supply demand equation is. I'm in steamboat, so sometimes it's a little slower. But yeah, airlines and cruise ships. There you go. Thirty day supply demand chart. It's beginning to deteriorate. So if you're in those, very similar now, chart, right? That we just yep. saw from the broad market, right? Demand Take starting to come down, exactly. supply starting to come up, and especially above that fifty percent yep. mark. And exactly. you can see that one showing like a trend that. to the upside with supply. So right. that would also mean a little bit of scary turn with that demand turning around also. You could short those. Mm -hmm. You could short those and probably make 5%. Yeah, I'm not telling you you can make a bunch, but when you have falling demand, rising supply, you could go find an ETF for this group and short that. Right? All right, so, yeah. so we see momentum has turned. Some of the airlines may be also turning. Let's take yep. a look at the low volatility. What is that telling us? And what could be an opportunity to not go for momentum, but maybe some of those low volatility names? Right, and here, you know, the key is you, you're not gonna make the kind of return you can in momentum. I, you know, mm -hmm. I will aim for two, three, 4% in momentum, but in a, in a day or two, you can you can generate very good returns when there is momentum in the market. Simply trading what Citadel and Virtu and Hudson River Trading and Quant Lab and Two Sigma and Jane Street and so on will seed to you. They will give you a certain amount. Those those trading firms move the prices and they'll give you a little range. That's why we track volatility. See this part right here where it says volatility. In low volatility, it's going to be less than two percent. Most of the time, if I'm trading these, so if they're if I have great 
uh, level demand at five, I'm going to show you Schwab. Schwab is a great illustration of this. And falling supply, and the stock goes down, let's call it 80 basis points. I will buy that with an aim of making 1%. Why? But I might make it in a day. I might make it in a couple of hours. Why? Because the machines will move the price. That's what's going to happen. So Schwab moves about 2% a day, all right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, here's, what you can, here's what you look for. See this? Demand at five and falling supply. This is an opportunity. There is insufficient supply. So if money moves to low volatility, you will have an opportunity. All right. Now, of course, this is an interesting area. Of course, we've seen names like PG there, Visa, AEP, yep. Coke. We'll definitely keep an eye on it. Very um, good names. Now, one area that has been catching me by surprise on the recent up move is yeah. some industrials. How are industrials looking, Tim? Do you have well, a, a portfolio for that? We do. So, and for you, you edge users, we create those automatically. We create, I have to think through this. 14. I think there are 14 different portfolios that we will put automatically, by the way, if you're interested, on your desktop. But here's industrials. So all of these sectors we put on the desktop. We license S&P 500 GICS data or S&P global data, rather. So here's industrials. There are 448 stocks in the industrials sector. And uh, passive money currently is the leading behavior, 30-day average, in this group but once again look at it mitch we're seeing falling it's been awesome here's when you buy see this when it moves when demand rises and supply falls you have a great opportunity you could buy the etf on that sector then when it peaks and begins to come down and supply rises will then leave or you could switch your trade to a short trade now you short the etf i'm not saying you know that it, it i'm not offering advice here i'm just saying that the supply demand balance will tell you what to do and it's not that it's bad it's the demand is still above five but when you have demand falling and supply rising the likelihood that you produce gains particularly in the larger components of that sector are very is very small by the way you could sort that and just go well I, all the returns nearly in the market happen in the largest components so you could just sort by market cap take the top 10 and that's where your returns are going to come from. Why? Because that's where the money goes. All that passive, all the BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, Fidelity, on and on it goes. That's where it goes. And when it leaves, when it rebalances, then you leave too. All right. Like always, you guys can check out all this data. Take a look into these portfolios. You guys know how, of course. Check out Market Structure Edge. I'm going to throw up the link here for everybody to take a look and get your free trial. If you haven't tried it already, what are you guys waiting for? All right. Have a great one, Appreciate Tim Quas. Enjoy Steamboat. I'm, I'm definitely needing beautiful, to get out there. Beautiful day in the boat today. Enjoy it, my friend. Thank have a you. good one, Tim. We'll have you Thanks, back Tim. on. You guys too. All right, guys. Let's get back to the market. How are we looking, Joel? Uh, we stuck our head over unchanged just momentarily. So I think that's a good number. It's the lowest close we've had in uh, a couple weeks. So got to go green and stay green for the market to rally. We did take out last week's low uh, during the pre-market session. So that's not a good indication. Uh, no real good support in here. If, uh, if we really lose this 81.50 for good, I'm looking uh, closer to 43.50. Uh, that was your two-week low. 
All right, guys, we normally do a little bit of trade zero, but guess what? We can do a little ticker time, guys. So you guys throw up some tickers. What's on your radar, Dennis? What, what you looking at today? What's your mentality going um, into the market? Again, you know, we've we've had a couple of big events. We had, you know, a quad witch last Friday. We just had the Russell rebalance. We've had a pretty significant sell-off in some tech names, not all tech names, but some have pulled back significantly here. Is this, you know, the time to come in and buy? I actually was taking a flyer on the Intel, and I almost got this, but I did it for a day trade, that 32, Joel. Yeah. We talked about it on the show. I and bought it at 32.06 on Friday, and then it popped up, and I took the quick, like 10 says. You get the quick gain, and, you know, it's pretty good to take it. Um, there is some an opportunity here. Is what My point being, there is some tech stocks that have pulled back here. I think have your shopping list. I think there's certain stocks that have pulled back that if you think we're going higher, it all depends on where you are too. I mean, again, are you all cash? Because if you're all cash, I'd be buying some tech on pullbacks. If you're all stocks, well, I don't want to be all in on this market either because we're still at the crossroads and it's a very difficult market to call. There also could be the case that we just kind of chop around here for a while because you're going to have another battle between the bulls and the bears. I mean, we battle between the bulls and the bears for two months. We rally significantly. Bulls obviously won that previous battle, and now we've pulled back here. So, you know, the Bears got a case here again. Do we have another battle in store? I kind of think so. All right, just looking into uh, what's going on out there. It looks like there was a uh, Lily announcement also at like 749. Uh, they announced uh, published results from a mean weight reduction. So pretty much they... They put so out positive good, news. Pfizer's drug was yeah, bad. exactly. They they said, <laughs> you know what? Let, this sounds like a good day to release some positive news on our drug. Uh, so there yeah, you guys Pfizer's see Pfizer's really some bad news. That's really some good news here. Yeah, that was the old trick there. So I mean, the um, whole Lilly rally. It was man. you know a year ago there was Alzheimer's. Now they're talking this weight loss drug. This is you know Kramer says it's going to be the biggest drug ever. I don't know if he's correct on that. He gets a little overexcited sometimes. But I mean, stocks at all time highs. The stock. You know, that was where me and Mitch, you know, were really disappointed in ourselves when <laughs> it pulled back in February and March. And we talked about it on the show saying this is likely the pullback. Well, that was the pullback to buy. So, you know, what you've got to do as, you know, as an investor as well is have your shopping list, find the good companies that you want to own, and then wait for the pullback on those good companies. I think too many people, including myself, do it backwards where we look at price first and we look and say, oh, well, there's a pullback here. Should I buy this now? Have your shopping list before, you know, you go into that. Yep. So I think that's a better way to do it. All right. Let's go to some of the stocks in the chat. I'm seeing Meta mentioned multiple times. What do you guys think about Meta's chart? Oh, man. Run what do I think about? for me now. I've missed the trade. I mean, we've missed it. I, I cannot believe the run that this thing There's has There's this had. huge gap that it's about to fill. I mean, can Is it, it going to hit all-time highs you talk about? It's unbelievable. From October at $88 and nobody wanted it, and it probably was you know just to a ridiculously low valuation, to back to all-time highs. I mean, holy. If you're buying it now, you're doing it absolutely backwards, in my opinion. I think yeah. you've got to wait for a pullback here. I mean, yeah, the valuation's still not crazy, but we've we're run up three hundred percent in six months. What do you want? It's insane. Two eighty nine sixty seven. Exactly where we're trading right now uh, was a high on Friday. So if you feel like you missed your opportunity there to sell it, well, you're getting the shot. Not the old time high. High the move. If you want to wait for a little bit of a pullback today. 88.73 was that all-time closing high. 
Uh, on Friday, that was a closing high by almost four points. If you're looking for a target, if it bottoms early, maybe look at the average trading range. Next monthly high is well into the 300s. So that's what you have for uh, for Meta. This one's an interesting one and a good mention. I got you, Luke. A nice mention there. Uh, you're talking about what about Micron going into earnings this week on Wednesday? Yeah. Ooh. So this, and I actually did take a small position in Micron. I took a very, I'd say a third size normal position because I was kind of worried about the report. But then I've yeah. got a pullback, and I do believe Micron. It, um, I think I like the 65 level. So I've bought it right. I just bought it a couple days ago, right in this area. Pretty pretty. So, yeah, I kind of just like this area. The 65's got good technical support. But again, technicals take back seat when fundamentals come out. They come out miss. Maybe we're, you know, having, you know, they could go down. They come out and with a big beat, it could go up. So I took a small starter position, very small. I'd like to add to it. So if it goes down on the earnings, I will add to it. Um, I, I feel like this is, you know, one of those pullbacks here that is giving you an opportunity. Uh, is it one you're just doing on the pre-earnings run? or is No, I'll, I'll own it on that too. I don't have it for that right now, but I probably will own it today okay. for that reason, Joel. Micron's a little bit... The reason I don't often do Micron on pre-earnings run is it's it's susceptible to just random news. It's one I've been hit it before. It does, yeah. You know, you, get, you know, DRAM pricing, Samsung comes out with some news. It's like that. random crap in there that, you know, knocks this one around. But it, it's a stock that I've had on and off my long-term portfolio for a while. So I was like, I've had this one. It's probably back. I think I sold it. I think I sold it around here years ago. And then, you know, it's come back. You know, obviously, you know, we had the big run from 95. We've come back into a range where Micron's, you know, reasonably valued. Again, the earnings are cyclical, though. So, you know, if it goes into a downturn, then, you know, you're all of a sudden, you know, you'd be losing money. You know, they can do that. They're very cyclical. But I feel like, you know, where we are right now is where we were in 2018. I feel like there could be a run in Micron eventually here. Um, I look at this move from basically 75 to uh, 64, 11 and a half. I mean, this this right here, this $70 area, if you're looking, uh, you know, to lighten up on a rally, that's about halfway back of the move. I'm not sure what instigated this gap uh, back here, but, you know, you had nice move up, a break, a 50% retracement. Now you're just starting to get it back. Um, good support in here. Uh, well, the, if it loses 65 uh, on that report, I'm looking at the 63 and a half area is the next pair of lows from May in uh, Micron Technology. All right. Now, of course, uh, I've been waiting to see if uh, Carnival was going to report for us right before uh, yeah. we closed it up. But still no report out. They always wait till the last um, second. So get ready like for 9 that 5, 9, 10, it always drops. They wait so. till our show ends. I they think don't so. They never, we never right. get to talk Carnival Cruise Line earnings. We're not going to get to – I'm not going to get to today either because I have to hop because I've got so much happening yeah. here. Mechanics are here now trying to fix the crane. I got rain starting a little bit. I got four men trying to put trusses up without a crane. And I got a tree guy coming in two hours. Have Joel, fun. wrap and up on the ES for us. So I'm uh, all right. I just real quick. Someone kept on throwing uh, Opera Limited American. I don't know what this is, if it's a company with operas. But um, <laughs> it had a nice pullback here off a nice run. Uh, just looking at this longer term, basically, you have had about a five-point move. So you want to you want to get half of this move back, right? You went from uh, 22 to 17, two and a half, 19 and a half area. Uh, the longer it takes to get back up to this three-day high, which is 1898, 
I think you got some more work to do on the downside. What with the S and P, there, there might not much to say. Uh, we're only down two and a two and a quarter handles, one and three quarters now. Uh, we need to establish a strong bid above that closing price of forty three eighty nine. Uh, if you want to even get more bullish, you know how I like my pre market highs, and here it is forty two. 4402 and a quarter that uh coincides a nice round number like 4400 so that's what the bull's gonna do they want to get us over 4400 establish a bid on the downside here we did take out last week's low in the pre-market so that's an indication to me of you know a little bit of weakness uh no really good daily support uh in the s and p's uh until you get down to some lows from uh june 12th uh, you had a close on a Friday, June 9th. That was 43.4875. And then the Globex low on the 12th was that exact number. So there you go. That's it. We'll wrap it up for today. Great job, Mitch. And uh, everyone be safe out there. All right. Joel's hopping out. You guys can keep up with Joel O'Connor and, of course, Free Market Prep Plus, And definitely check out the closing print and check me out later today. I'll be on, of course, Start Swing Trade, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern. And up next, we got live trading. Don't go anywhere. And if you guys haven't joined the book club, go ahead and do so. We're going to start a new book. Don't miss out. This will be starting up just as soon as Tuesday. We'll be giving out a free kind of uh, normally give out the free two chapters. I get that from Google. So if you guys want to go ahead and check out the book club, up your skills to the next level the only exclusive club here from our channel here on YouTube. If you guys want to join it, have to hit that link. Now to get you guys over to live trading, let's see what I can get into today. Let's see what Zunaid, Lord Ryan, and I go ahead and trade. Of course, I got some swing trades on. We'll see what happens to those. Those are not looking too bad. Let's see if oil can go lower. Mm, can XOM break 100? Find out on live trading if I'm able to cash in on that trade today smash the like i hope you guys enjoyed pre-market prep and like always let other traders know about this show i think this is one thing that we're not doing enough of team let everybody know about pre-market prep our flagship show right here on benzinga we'll see you guys bright and early tomorrow now come over to live trading and see what we can get into